TII, item 485, August 29th, 2019. In this episode, we cover iOS 12.4.1, iOS 13, beta 6, 7, and 8, plus iOS 13.1, beta 1, lots of speculation and rumors on iPhones 2019, Apple apologized for privacy issues, Apple Card's launch and issues, plus listener feedback, all covered in depth starting after the intro. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gordon! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Eero. Go to Eero.com slash TII and enter promo code TII at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob, made this song called Labor with my iPhone using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. And thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Guy for sending in the artwork for today's show. Guy wrote the following... Rob, I took this photo outside Apple Avalon in Alfreda, and I'm sorry about that. Alfred, Al, however you pronounce that, in Georgia. I was there to drool over the iPad Pro, drooling because I can't afford one just yet. I made the photo square in the Photos app, and I added the TI in Notes using the markup feature. Thanks for all you do. Love the show. Been a listener since episode one. Regards, Guy. Well, thank you, Guy. And... Thanks for sending that in. And folks, you can see the artwork in the free tab via the bonus button for episode 485 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the listeners, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. The best title of a post I read since the last episode is this, quote, Apple issues a quick fix for a fix that was unfixed, unquote. That comes from The Verge, and as per iOS 12.4.1, that fixes an issue in iOS 12.4 where Apple accidentally removed a fix from an older vulnerability. So yeah, they unfixed the fix, and now it's fixed again. If you are running iOS 12.4, then yes, unleash the hounds and update to iOS 12.4.1. No features added, just a patch in place of the patch they tore off in 12.4 by accident. Apple also released tvOS 12.4.1 and watchOS 5.3.1, both of which you should update to if you have not done so yet. Apple released a few betas for iOS 13 since the last episode. First up was beta 6 back on August 7th. So what was new? Well, actually, a few things. There was a new control center option for dark mode. You do need to go to control center and customize controls to add it to control center. But if you like switching back and forth between dark mode, well, definitely worth adding that. Folders updated to kind of match the color of your wallpaper, although some say that's a bug. Something I was not happy about. Apple changed back the volume slider from 34 increments to the old 16 increments. Really, Apple? Really? That's that's still there now, even at the latest one. So it looks like it's going to make it. Ugh. 
Y tease us with that nice feature of 34 increments so you can better control audio volume and then yank it away. That's just wrong on many levels, Apple. Just wrong. You can hide link previews on a per app basis. Some Apple apps got new splash screens when first launched and a new heart icon on watchOS 6 beta 6. Overall, it was actually quite a few changes for the 6 beta. Some not so welcome changes as they were changes not for good, but for bad Apple. Bad Apple. Bring back those incremental sliders. I like the 34 increments. iOS 13 beta 7 then launched on August 15th. And first thing Apple did was fix folders to not match the background color anymore. Oh well. When you switch from dark mode on to dark mode off in the control center, that is exactly how it is worded at the top of the screen from control center. The ability to delete attachments in messages was added back. They added a new option on what to do with blocked sender emails. Options are now none, mark as blocked and leave an inbox or move to trash. Mark as block, leave an inbox is the default. Next is all in all photo views. In the main photo tab, photos are shown in three across grids instead of the much smaller thumbnails that were the default before. So you can actually see a little bit better of what's going on. There is a new text when you select silence unknown callers that says when you select this option, which is by the way, such a nice option. Sorry, all unknown callers, but it really is. Uh, now, when turned on, it says that incoming calls will continue to ring from people in your contacts, recent outgoing calls, and serious suggestions, as it should work. Notify, when found, is now working in Find My, my App. Well, I still want to call that Find My iPhone, but Find My App. Do not disturb syncs as expected between iPhone and Apple Watch. So, yeah, some of them were not as, well, just not new features, just really more newly fixed. But that said, there were still new features in Beta 7, which usually get this far into betas. You're not seeing new features. Then on August 21st, Apple released iOS 13.1 Beta 8. Unlike Beta 6 and 7, which both brought a number of feature changes, Beta 7 seems to be all about bug fixes and optimization. But let me say this, it did not fix all the bugs. Apple Mail app still wonks out on me. And there are other bugs popping up. As it is, it, it looks like this might be the last or next to last beta before Goldmaster. And I will say this, you don't want to be first update to iOS 13 when it goes Goldmaster. Wait, wait, wait. I would have to say wait until at least 13.0.1 when that comes out and then wait another week uh, until you hear the release to Hounds clip on this show. I expect that if this goes as is now, uh, that is if iOS 13 rolls out as the way it is right now, working the way it is right now, there will be complaints and issues galore. I have been running the beta since iOS 13 came out uh, since I really I think it was beta 2 is when I loaded it up for two months now um, plus and there are still bugs that were there way back when I don't like to talk about bugs during the beta period but since we are close I need to again point out don't be the first update 
hold off a little bit. Yeah, I know beta equals bugs, but Goldmaster is not supposed to equal bugs. And we're this close, and there's this many bugs in there. Mm, I don't have a warm fuzzy on this one, folks. Speaking of betas, Cult of Mac put together a chart showing all the beta versions ever released. I mean, all of them, going back for any version of iOS. Um, with eight um, so far uh, for iOS 13, that is not actually that many versus some other recently no-dot rollouts. For example, iOS 12 had 12 betas before Goldmaster. iOS 11 had 10 betas before Goldmaster. And iOS 10 had well, the same number eight before it's Goldmaster. It's very possible and likely for iOS 13, the eighth beta is either the last or next to last beta for before Goldmaster. Matter of fact, I can't imagine it being anything other than those two options. Again, iOS 13 right now seems much more buggy than iOS 12 was right before it went Goldmaster. We shall see, but please folks, wait, wait, wait. Don't be the first out the gate to update to iOS 13. Apple just released to beta testers iOS 13.1 beta 1. You heard me right, 13.1, not 13.0, 13.1 beta 1. So Apple released 13.1 before 13.0 went Goldmaster. Should you as a beta tester upgrade? Well, that depends on if you want to try out 13.0 Goldmaster. If so, don't upgrade. So if you have an app you need to test on 13 Goldmaster when it's released, hold off updating to 13.1. For what is new in 13.1? Well, some things that are old, as in they were originally 13 betas early on and then removed, so really something borrowed, are back. Shortcuts, uh, automations is one of those items that was brought back for 13.1 beta 1. This lets users set up shortcuts based on time or location and have it trigger off those events. There is also where Maps app could share an estimated time of arrival with other apps. That's back. For iPadOS, right-click for mouse works as expected. There is an AirPods volume bezel where when you are adjusting the volume when AirPods are connected, they will show AirPod icons in the volume control area. Well, until it goes skinny, that is. There is reading goals for books, which is nice, and I believe was in the original beta for iOS 13. And finally, there is a section in the App Store for fonts. There are other minor tweaks and bug fixes as well. I think the biggest part of this is Apple must feel good enough about iOS 13.0 that they are moving forward now, beta testing 13.1. This kind of backs up rumors that Apple's event is right around the corner, which in the rumor side of things is uh, no duh. I am doing a lot of travel in September, as in every week I'm off somewhere different, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Dallas, in that order. So I will probably stay on iOS 13.0, the latest beta, and then the Goldmaster for now, maybe kind of, sort of. Well, at least until beta 2 or beta 3 comes out for 13.1. That said, if anyone out there updated to iOS 13.1 beta 1 or subsequent betas, give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com and let us know what you think of iOS 13.1 betas.
This next one is filed under Those in Glass Houses Should Not Throw Stones. And it comes the story of how Apple had to remove some egg from their face. This is where Apple had third-party contractors listening to recordings from users of Siri to see how Siri did on responses. They called this process grading. <laughs> As grading my nerves. Uh, a process Apple has said they have now suspended. Apple said, quote, Before we suspended grading, our process involved reviewing a small sample of audio from Siri requests, less than 0.2%, and their computer-generated transcripts to measure how well Siri was responding and to improve its reliability. For example, did the user intend to wake Siri? Did Siri hear the request accurately? And did Siri respond appropriately to the request? Unquote. Um, yeah. Listening to users' recordings and having contractors do that? Okay. Not good. Apple has apologized, saying they have not lived up to their lofty standards when it comes to privacy. Yeah, think? Here is what Apple said they will be doing in the future. Quote, First, by default, we will no longer retain audio recordings of Siri interactions. We will continue to use computer-generated transcripts to help Siri improve. Second, users will be able to opt in to help Siri improve by learning from the audio samples of their requests. We hope that many people choose to help Siri get better, knowing that Apple respects their data and has strong privacy controls in place. Those who choose to participate will be able to opt out at any time. Third, when customers opt in, Apple employees will be allowed to listen to audio samples of Siri interactions. Our team will work to delete any recordings which it determined to be an inadvertent trigger of Siri. Unquote. So, uh, yeah, exactly what they should have been doing from day one, and I would argue everyone thought they were already doing when it came to something like this. I don't remember how many times Tim or someone from Apple said privacy at WWDC or just WWDC, um, the keynote, or any of the other past keynotes for the last year. But I'll, I'll give you this hint. It was a lot, and... This was a major frack up on the part of Apple. Um, they were flayed by some in the press, and well, rightly so. When you set the privacy bar at a lofty level, you need to, you know, live up to those standards and ideals. Just saying. And if you listen closely enough, you can hear my invite to the Apple event being torn up. Sorry, but when the emperor has no clothes, you gotta let them know. Moving on, Apple Card made its way into the wild this month, and also Apple opened up Apple Card registration to anyone that wants one, kind of, sort of, and they also warned people their new card is not into being cleaned with leather, because after all, we all clean our credit cards with leather. Well, okay, maybe not, but we all clean our credit cards. Oh, um, well, okay, we at least have credit cards. But beyond leather, you know what Apple Card is not into? Me. That's right. Apple Card is not into yours truly. I applied multiple times. I talked to Apple reps multiple times. Well, 
First, I, when I applied, it said, quote, we are unable to verify your identification information, unquote. So I thought I entered the info wrong, even though it pre-populates it. I reapplied, making sure all the info it asked for was okay, and same thing. There was a message to contact Apple. I did, and they suggested doing what I had already done. Uh, they even pointed out, make sure your information matches up exactly how it is on your driver's license, your government-issued driver's license. So I did it again, and shocker, doing what I did before resulted in exactly the same ending. Who'd have thunk? And that is, of course, rejection. I talked again to Apple, and they finally admitted that there is a known issue, and they are working on it. So if you got multiple unable-to-verify-your-ID info messages, you are not alone, and hopefully Apple will fix this issue. As for me, I am now at the error message, quote, you've applied a number of times, so we cannot verify the information you have provided at this time, unquote. And then they give you a little message where you can, a number you can call off to, but I really don't think it's going to matter at this point. It sounds like I am going to be Apple cardless for quite some time. Today's advertiser is longtime sponsor Eero. When I think back to my pre-Euro days, it was days of fast internet and slow and spotty Wi-Fi. The Apple TV in our bedroom was choppy at best, and that was before the 4K Apple TV. But after I installed my Eero mesh network, my house now has the fastest Wi-Fi to go along with super fast internet. And best part is it is fast everywhere in the house. Our Apple TV in the bedroom works great. There is never buffering or stuttering of videos. Same with our Apple TV 4K in the basement. And as I mentioned before, our house is the place where kids in the neighborhood hang out to play Fortnite and Minecraft and other games together because they know they get the fastest internet anywhere. At my parents' house, pre the Euro, they could not even use the ring doorbell I purchased for them for Christmas 2017. And forget about any Wi-Fi in their bedroom. So for Christmas 2018, I made amends and purchased them an Eero Mesh Network for their house. And now my parents' house has no dead zones. And the Ring doorbell streams great, even up in my parents' room before where they didn't have any reception. Um, which is nice, because now they don't have to run down the stairs anymore to see who's out the door. They can just quickly open up the app and see who's at the door and talk to them if they need to. Eero blankets your whole house in fast, reliable Wi-Fi, eliminating poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering you'll have a consistently strong signal everywhere you need it. And it just takes minutes to set up uh, your Eero. You plug it right into your router and you manage it from a dead simple app. And the app lets you pause the Wi-Fi for dinner and then get alerts if any devices attempt to join your network as well. Eero is the best, best, best Wi-Fi I've ever tested. It solved the issues at my house of slow and spotty Wi-Fi at my parents' house. And it gives their whole house coverage and fixed the issues of trying to live stream their ring doorbell. You can get your Wi-Fi issues fixed as soon as tomorrow by going to eero.com slash TII and entering code TII at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. That's eero.com slash TII and enter promo code TII at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. You must use that URL to receive this offer. Again, eero.com slash TII, promo code TII. Thanks, Eero, for supporting this show. 
Hey, Rob, good morning. Happy Monday morning. It's Dave from New Jersey on my commute to work this morning. Uh, listened to uh, last week's show last week, and uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about iOS 13 and how it's working on the phones and all that stuff, but no one's talked about iOS 13 and CarPlay. This is a game changer. I have a uh, Ford Explorer, a 2019 Ford Explorer. CarPlay is good. It has its limitations. I hate that you can't do something on the phone and you lose the screen or Siri, you know, Siri will take over the screen while you're doing the map or something like that. Well, iOS 13 for car now, CarPlay is amazing. The screen will show three different things. So you can have your map in a large corner, your podcast or your uh, music in the bottom right-hand corner, and on the top will be the uh, written directions. So three little panels. Your passenger can use the phone and do other things, check email and uh, Twitter and all that kind of fun stuff, and it doesn't take your screen away. When you go to use Siri and you, uh, you, either you, well, my car, you have to use the button. You just can't say the word, but you can, but it doesn't quite work the same. You will, um, not lose the screen, which used to disappear. The, uh, Siri would take over and turn the screen black and many other things. I can't wait for more and more of the apps to be able to, uh, work with, uh, CarPlay and take up one of those screens instead of, uh, switching completely out to any other screens. Anybody else got any quite uh, secrets or Easter eggs in the car OS, CarPlay uh, 13, please let me know. Keep up the good work, Rob. Come back to Jersey. I know you go to Long Island. Come to Jersey. Speak to you soon. Dave, thanks for the feedback. And I recently have gotten a new car, and it has CarPlay. And I also am very much enjoying and having fun using CarPlay for the first time. So I can't even compare it to the old CarPlay. So this is, I just got a new car in the last month and now we have CarPlay and it's really nice and I'm taking my son to school each day and, and I'm back and we're listening to podcasts and, and doing other things and I sit there online to pick them up and playing around with it. But yes, CarPlay is working really nice and all the things that Dave just said and Dave, thank you for your feedback. But if anyone else has any suggestions or tips or other features that you found in CarPlay, that Dave didn't just mention, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. And yes, if you use your CarPlay on your phone and drive to work and you're on iOS 12, when iOS 13 comes out, you are going to enjoy it. Into the email bag we go. Uh, Rob, I listened to the caller who has an iPhone that he purchased in Japan that appears not to work at all all with the cellular uh, networks in the Philippines. I am an American who has been living in the Philippines for several years. All of my iOS devices were purchased unlocked from Apple in the United States. They all work perfectly here. I can only speculate as to why his is not. The phone could simply be defective. Does it work anywhere else? Has he tried using different SIM cards, possibly from another network? He doesn't say how old the phone is, but I think the phone should work with the frequency bands used here but he might want to check to make sure. That is really all I have. Separately, uh, he, ha he is right that Apple can be a real pain regarding origin of purchase. Apple will not even look at uh, their authorized service centers here. Any device that is purchased outside the Philippines, I have had uh, two iPhones replaced under warranty. However, I had to go back to the United States to do it. Apple will not even touch a device if you're willing to pay for the repair even if you're willing to pay for the pair. Uh, keep up the great work, and greetings from Angeles City, 
Regards, Kevin Barry. Well, Kevin, thank you for that feedback. Hi, Ron. Per episode 484 and Ryan's wife FaceTiming him on two devices, I had a very similar issue where I would FaceTime my girlfriend and it would ring on both her personal phone and her work phone, even though she's not logged into a personal iCloud account on her work phone. Apparently, when you FaceTime someone, it reaches out to any device that are listed under their contact, regardless um, to if they are the same iCloud account or not. What I ended up doing was making a new contact with just her initials. Guess you could use anything for her work phone info and a separate one for her normal info. That works now, so both don't ring when I FaceTime her. Hope that helps um, you, but Apple should be able to fix this feature. LOL. Regards, Desmond. Thank you, Desmond, for that answer. And another one from the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thanks for a great show. Please see below link for the new Samsung Note 10 3D scanner native app. Do you think Apple will introduce the same application as well? I have a 3D printer, and I would love to have this capability. Thanks, Alon from Israel. Alon, there has been rumors about backside laser uh, with the cameras, and and that everything I'm reading, that's a 2020 feature. So no, you're probably not going to see it this year. So next year, though, it's very likely that you're going to see that where you can go around and you can scan an object and then take that scan with your phone uh, and then feed that into a 3D printer and reprint an object to those specs. But this is something that Apple's hinted at with on the AR side that they're going to really improve AR. But the rumor mill says that the laser that in finding that you're going to need for that resolution, that is not going to happen until 2020 iPhone. So the next one. We'll talk a little bit more about the rumors of what's coming with the 2019 iPhones, but that's really seems to be a 2020. So don't expect that this year. If it happens, that'd be great. But again, the rumor mill right now, the, the safe money seems to be betting that feature would be 2020. Thank you for everything you do on the show, Rob. This is Keith from St. Louis and New Orleans. We're going to talk about the Apple Card. I found out about the rollout on Tuesday, August 6th. I was uh, checked my email and my phone. If you press the plus sign on the Apple in the wallet to add a card, you will see something that says Apple Card. If you don't, then you weren't invited for the pre-rollout participation where you could get a card. I was highly disappointed. Sad face emoji. I realized I was not on 12.4, so I went out and updated it immediately. Then I went and watched the video on the Apple website, and at the end, there's this place, a couple of different places where you can say that you want to be notified when it's available, and I put my Apple ID email address in and checked about six hours later, double sad face emoji, then entered my name again, and I was interested to send me an uh, entered my email address uh, Wednesday evening at about 10 o'clock. I was four margaritas in on a school night and decided to check my Apple Pay, the, the wallet, to see if I was eligible. And sure enough, I was. So I pressed on the Apple Card button. It asked me if I wanted to apply. I said yes. I mean, it pre-populated my name, my address, all these fields. The only thing I had to enter was my birthday and my income on um, Trust Submit and wanted to sit down. 
$10 credit limit, and it said it's ready to go. So I went into the Apple wallet, and uh, I went into my card, into the wallet, and noticed the card was there, and it's pure white when it's there. Just the etching of the Apple logo, and I believe the MasterCard logo. Couldn't wait to go use it, but since I was four margaritas in, I could have leave the house. And I uh, was able to use it the next day, Thursday, and I used it at a gas station to buy something small. The card turns orange once you use it. It turns different colors depending on what your spending habits are and what categories you spend them in. This card is amazing. The privacy, the fact that there's not even a credit card number anywhere. If you use it inside Spark, it'll generate a card, a virtual card number for you. So it only gives the merchant a token. Apple doesn't even know that you have a, um, what you buy, how much you, you know, they don't know what you buy. So they don't keep records like most credit card companies do. Only the token gets submitted. I think it's going to have a big impact on millennials because the card is very easy to use. The app is amazing, you know, inside the wallet on how to use the card. The privacy is good. The immediate cash back is amazing. The benefits are pretty good. 1% if you use the card, 2% if you use Apple Pay, and 3% for any Apple services. I immediately went in to my Apple ID and used the Apple Card as my funding source. So that all my charges that come through, which is nothing but 99 cents a month, gets put onto that card, and then any Apple products you buy are 3%. This is going to turn the credit card industry. It's going to impact it significantly. The major banks will not be happy with this program, and it's going to drive down fees and profitability for all of the MasterCard, all of the credit card issuing banks. This could end up being a pretty significant source of income for Apple. So anyway, that's my pretty quick review. And by the way, I use RoboForms for my password manager for five years, and I love it. People ought to consider that and look into it and see what, what they like and don't like about that. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Hi, Rob. This is Keith from St. Louis and New Orleans. I'm doing a follow-up call to uh, the call about the Apple Card. I wanted to let you know I received my card within about four business days, and the card is really pretty cool. It came in a FedEx envelope. It was in a brown kind of slender box envelope that had a pull me, pull here tab. Then you pull out the uh, white Apple-esque, beautifully simplistic envelope that just had an Apple logo on it. It's about a three by five. And it, um, when you open it up, you get the card inside in a little pocket. You know, again, the presentation is typical Apple-esque that you would expect in a good product like that. Beware not to throw away that three by five card. It has an RFID chip embedded in it somewhere and it's actually used to uh, to activate the card so to activate the card uh, you just pull out your iPhone and pull up the app the wallet app and, and select the card press the activate card button and then it'll ask you to hold the uh, phone near the um, the white 3 by 5 envelope in the position where I guess that you know, NFC tag or that RFID tag is, and it, it dings just like when you pay with Apple Pay, and the card's activated and ready to use. So that's all you have to do. You don't have to call into a bank or do any of that kind of good stuff. The card itself, absolutely gorgeous. It's white. It has a laser-etched, very deeply laser-etched Apple logo in the upper left. Your name is not 
laser etched. And then it also in the front on the right side has the, um, you know, the regular chip that most cards have nowadays. You flip it over and you have uh, Goldman Sachs in the upper left-hand corner and the MasterCard logo in the upper right, which I prefer. It's beautiful. I used to work for MasterCard in International in St. Louis, so I kind of have a penchant for MasterCard and glad it wasn't a Visa or anything else. The bottom of the card has like a titanium silver colored stripe, which most people would immediately attribute to being the mag stripe. It's hard to call it a magnetic stripe when it looks titanium. One thing, again, very Apple-esque and very cool, is they actually etched into the titanium card, because the card is made out of titanium. They actually groove that in and, and put that mag stripe there so that it's flush, of course, to be Apple-esque and to be cool. So, you know, I just I think it's a beautiful card. And it does not have a card number on it, and that's something that's unique in the industry now with the Apple card. So um, I went out and was using Apple Pay immediately after I got approved, and it's been working well, and I've been getting my 2% back uh, as immediately after the transaction is settled between the issuing and the acquiring bank, which, you know, usually takes a couple of days. That's when you see in your statement that the transaction is pending, but as soon as it's not pending, boom, you get paid. Every day you get money put on your Apple Cash card for your 2% back. So I did today use the card at uh, Quidoba, who does not accept Apple Pay, unfortunately. So I used the card just to see how it works. But I'll minimize that use because you only get 1% cash back when you use the physical card. I'll probably use it more as a showpiece than an actual card because, you know, I want to get 2%. If I'm not going to use the Apple card, I'll, I'll use something else that gives me 2% or more. Anyway, that's my report. I actually love it. I think it's cool. The whole process was so amazingly easy and quick that, uh, and with all the benefits that it offers, again, I'm going to state that it's going to have an impact in the industry within the next couple of years. And I could expect possibly some significant revenue to Apple because of this product. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Goodbye. Keith, thanks so much for both of those emails and the detailed information about the Apple card. Sadly, as I mentioned earlier, I am Apple Cardless, but hopefully others out there have gotten their Apple Cards and have had good experience as Keith did. So again, Keith, thanks so much for the voicemail. Switching gears, when we look at the rumors for the new iPhones for 2019, there just is not a lot there to get excited about. Either this is going to be one of the biggest sad trombone updates, or it's going to be one of the biggest surprises, because right now, what is rumored is really, really underwhelming. I mean, I have zero plans at all to get a new iPhone this year for myself based on rumors. I even just went this week and purchased a new case for my son's iPhone 7 Plus because, well, he needed it. And pretty much we both agreed, given the rumors, there's no way I'm upgrading this year. And he's set next to get my phone. Let me play this voicemail here. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City, and um, just, uh, I don't know if I'm the only person that's feeling this way these days, and I'm not trying to hate on Apple, because I definitely own a lot of Apple devices and iPhone user all the way and so forth, but I remember the days or the years that I got very excited about the new iPhones being released. I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. I couldn't wait to get one. And it seems like those days are kind of gone, at least for me. I just 
I mean, I know there's only so much you can do maybe with innovation and, and so forth, but it just feels boring anymore. I mean, yeah, updated camera, updated processor, updated storage, and it's just kind of the same thing every year. And it's just no no new designs or anything like that. But I don't know if you kind of are getting this way or if other people are getting this way, but it just seems like that special excitement for the new iPhone to be released is, is kind of gone. And I guess that could be reflecting in their, their sales and their, you know, their stock reports and so forth. But I don't know. That's just me. I, I would really just like to see something groundbreaking, some just kind of new, you know, beautiful design that just wows us like, you know, they did with, with the iPhone 4. I mean, it was just so exciting and, and so forth. And I don't know. That's just me. I'm rambling. But anyway, those are my thoughts. I just um, wonder if anyone else kind of feels that way too. But uh, yeah, I'll watch the the September announcement, but, you know, it's been like a year or two before I've even, you know, last time I upgraded my phone because it's nothing really that exciting to me. So just my thoughts. Take care. I'll catch you Brent, thanks for the feedback. And I hear you. I feel you. I empathize with you. I agree with you. And again, thanks for the voicemail. My wife, on the other hand, she has had uh, an iPhone SE it, it is chipped, it is dented, it is cracked. And I, I said I would get her the new smallest version phone that they roll out. And she said, no, not if it's bigger than the SE and not if it does not have a home button. Tried to explain to her that the ship has kind of sailed for the home button story. But I do agree with her on wanting the smaller phone. Hopefully Apple does surprise with an updated iPhone SE. It is long overdue. What is expected, though, highly expected, and would be shocked if it's not announced, is three new iPhones to replace the current three, say iPhone 11, 11 Max, and 11R, or something like that, replacing the, the 10S, the 10S Max, and the 10R, respectively. Key new features is a much, much too large camera square on the back of the iPhone 11 Max and as a min on that device, but likely also on the 11. So both the 11 and 11 Max look to be getting this big camera square on the back. First on the specs there, uh, no 5G. So get that out of your head right away if you think there's a 5G coming you are more likely to see a folding iPhone this year than you are to see a 5G iPhone. And there is probably zero chance of the folding phone. That large camera square on the back of the iPhone 11 and 11 Max would likely have three cameras and a flash. Expect wireless charge sharing, i.e. you can use your iPhone to wirelessly charge another phone. I, I don't even think I need to mention that they will all be powered by the new A13 processor. Well I, well, I guess I just did mention it. But anyway, it will. There is a remote chance the 11 and 11 Max will support the Apple Pencil, but I'm very skeptical on the rumors of them being USB-C instead of Lightning. Just don't see that happening yet, and likely not even next year. And really, from this point out, any other rumors are more in the tinfoil hat range than logical additions. 
as I said, it looks to be a pretty boring update and why Henry, my son, just got a new case for his iPhone 7 Plus. Per rumors that are coming up here, uh, my source, AC, says that Apple has invites for the September 10th event queued up and will be sending them out later on the morning of August 29th, i.e. later today. So depending on when you hear this, invites, none of which are addressed to me, will be going out to the press, inviting them to Apple's Steve Jobs Theater for a special event on Tuesday, August 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, where, of course, Apple will introduce the 2019 iPhones and a few other items. That is not on the invite, the part about what will be announced. Just the when and the where is what's on the invite. We will see if my source AC is on the ball. Pre-orders will be the evening of Thursday morning, evening, and delivery to customers on Friday, September 20th. So pre-order is going to be that Thursday morning, the, the 12th, and uh, or the evening, and then delivery to customers on Friday, September 10th. Um, iOS 13 will likely be rolling out as Goldmaster on Tuesday the 17th. We shall see how AC does this year with his rumors. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. I'm having an issue with trying to remove a device from my listed screen time devices that I don't own anymore. I factory reset the device before I got rid of it, but it still shows up in screen time when I try to look at my all my devices. It isn't showing up in my list of devices on iCloud, so I'm not sure why it's still showing up under screen time. Thanks for the help. Regards, Chris. Chris, no idea. I, I've never gotten rid of a dice, so I don't know why one would be removed. But I will throw it out there to anyone who has gotten rid of a device. If you had this issue, did you solve it? Uh, or do you still have that issue? Give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Back to email back. Hi, Rob. Recently, my HomePods don't say, huh, after I say, hey, Siri. Do you have any idea what is going wrong? Uh, setting or that's changed or did it do an update it just does a tone now please advise david d springfield mo well david i'm gonna try it right now hey siri well it said mm-hmm to me hey siri yep saying uh-huh to me so david i don't know what to say but for me when i say the hey siri he's saying uh-huh and david i went into the home app I then clicked edit, tapped on the HomePod. So you have to go to Home app, click edit, and click on HomePod. And you can see the settings in there. And I don't see anything in here about how it responds to you. So for me, you know, it says I haven't listened for Hey Siri. Um, and, but make sure you have that on. But I don't see anything in here that would change the response back after I say those words. So I don't know um, how you lost that ability. If anyone else has any idea on this, uh, can help David, give us a call or shoot us an email. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. How's it going? The Mets are having an interesting season, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so the Royals. Thanks for playing my voicemail on the show. I doubt anyone is having the same problem as me, but one never knows. So since I was having cellular trouble with the 8 Plus, I went out and got a new 6S Plus. I need to be connected 24-7. One week after I got said 6 Plus, I couldn't connect to Wi-Fi with it. Are you kidding me? 
I kept reading incorrect password. Long story short, I got it replaced. It took three weeks for the replacement 6S Plus to arrive from Singapore. Just after getting the 6S Plus, the cellular function on the 8 Plus started working again, it figures. What had I done? I had left the SIM out for a couple of days. When I put it back in, the network appeared. Great. So the other day, as the family and I were out and about, the no service happened again. As I'm writing this, it's going on and off. I can't get it fixed, so I'm going to trade it in to Apple. I can't sell this to someone. That wouldn't be right. Regards, Joe and Cebu. Joe, thank you for the feedback on that. Hey, Rob Gunner from Chicago calling on my Apple CarPlay. I had a weird incident the other day. I started watching a movie on my iPad, and I came home to finish it on my Apple TV. And I guess I had never downloaded the uh, Cinemax Go or Max Go app on the Apple TV. So I scrolled all over the place uh, on the App Store, and the Max Go app is not on the Apple TV App Store. So um, I did find the movie I was going to watch, and it let me go into the Max app, but I had to subscribe through uh, the new Apple TV app. It wouldn't let me put in my credentials from my cable company. Is this a new thing? If I don't have these TV station apps downloaded, am I no longer going to be able to go through and and put in my uh, cable provider? I don't know. This is weird for me. Hopefully someone could shed some light. Did I do something wrong? Or is this a new uh, thing? Download now or forever hold your peace or forever pay Apple instead of your cable provider. So any help on this would be great. Thanks, Rob, for everything. Gunner, sorry to hear of the issues. And I'll throw this one out to the audience. If anyone can help Gunner, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot us an email today in iOS at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. My issue is the awards app. It is just spinning. Has anyone else had this issue? I have updated my phone to 12.4.1. My watch is at 5.3.1. I was on the phone with Apple for hours and still no fix. They could not figure it out. Have you heard about this happening before to others? Regards, Jermaine. Well, Jermaine, I have not heard from any other listeners that this has happened, but if you are a listener and this has happened to you and you've fixed it, or if you just if you want to tell us that's happened to you as well, give us a call or shoot us an email. Good morning, Rob. Hey, it's Shannon in Arizona. Today is actually August uh, 25th on Saturday. So yesterday morning I woke up and I was a bit concerned about Apple. I was afraid that my local Apple store maybe uh, might have a little trouble paying their bills, you know, a little power bill, water bill, etc. So I ordered a uh, pair of Powerbeats Pro, the black, I think, which is the only one available at least for the next week or a couple of days maybe. I ordered them yesterday morning, picked them up yesterday afternoon from the store. And man, let me tell you, I... Uh, I think it's one of the best purchases I ever made. I truly believe that the AirPods made like revolutionary as far as hearing and uh, headphones and stuff of that, the way the way they connected and stuff. And I believe that these power beats are even the next step up from AirPods. To be fair, I'm comparing them to my older AirPods, which I believe are about a year and a half old now. But man, I tell you, as far as sound and comfort, they are in a class by themselves. Absolutely love the controls on both headsets. So if you do just decide to wear only one, then of course you have still have all the functionality as if you were wearing both. 
I believe the microphone is even superior to the AirPods. And again, I'm comparing it to my older AirPods. And they're not that much more expensive, I guess, than if you compare them to the new AirPods too. Talking to you on them now, I'm recording this voice note on my PowerBeats Pro now. Absolutely love them. I think I will continue to love them. Again, the comfort and the fit, once they're on, they become almost part of your head. Like there was no way these things were falling off. So that's just my quick review. Thought I'd let you know. Take care and uh, thanks for everything you do with the podcast. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing your next one. Later, man. Shannon, as always, great to hear from you. And thank you for sending in the review for the Powerbeats headphones. Folks, if you have a review of an Apple product accessory that you want to share with us, you can always give us a call, 206-666-6364, or you can record it right on your device and email it to me like Shannon did. You send that to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Do you know if there are any apps that will let or alert you on your Apple Watch when you forget your iPhone? I haven't been able to find anything. Thanks in advance. Love your show. I've listened to every episode. Tim H. I think we kind of went over this once in the past, but I'm going to throw it out to the audience. If you have a Apple Watch app that you like, that when you walk away from your phone, you get too far away, it lets you know you've left your phone behind. So if you have an app that you use on a regular basis, folks, let me know what the app is, and we will let Tim know on the next episode. And on the emails, hi, Rob, I recently noticed a new indication on my iPad status bar. It looks like an Apple dongle, and it seems to appear randomly, though I'm guessing it was triggered by a USB-C hub. I recently tried uh, on my device, but it has been showing up when nothing is plugged into it. Not having much luck tracking down what it means regards Kirk. And Kirk, I couldn't find anything, but the fact that you plugged a hub into your USB-C sounds like the most logical reason for that. If anyone out there has any answers, let us know. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach, Cambridgeshire. Going to keep this really short and sweet. Um, I'm going to get an iPad Pro. I'm going to get the newer model with the USB-C. I've decided, and I've also decided, that a lot of your share prices is pretty much down to me spending so much money with Apple. I've got a question, and it's iOS related because it's an iPad now. And it's a very, very simple question, but I should imagine it requires a complex answer. Do you think Final Cut Pro is ever going to come to the iPad? I want to do video editing. I'm talking about 4K video editing. We're talking drones. We're talking Sony mirrorless cameras here. The real deal, right? And that's what I had the MacBook Pro for, but I can't be doing with that carrying it around anymore. I thought this was supposed to be short and sweet. Anyway, what do you reckon of LumaFusion as well? Or have you had any experience with video editing with them particular applications? <laughs> I can't believe it. I actually didn't ramble once and I asked a um, interesting and thought-provoking topic. <laughs> Whatever next. And as always, have a nice day! Daniel, thanks for the feedback. For Lumia, very good iPad editing app for video. I highly recommend that. I've used it before. Actually got to use it when it was in beta. So yes, very nice app for video editing. Uh, can't say anything bad about it. So yes, try that one out. I think that's the one I actually have 
Porter using right now, my son. So he's, he's playing with that one. Her Final Cut Pro coming to the iPad. Ever coming to the iPad? Yes. Coming to the iPad in the next two years? Eh, highly doubtful. But I, I would imagine eventually Final Cut Pro will make its way to the iPad um, Pro at some point. But I don't see that in the next two years. And I did just check to confirm it is LumaFusion, L-U-M-A, Fusion, one word, LumaFusion. And yes, Daniel, great app. Go ahead and definitely try that one out. Do you play fantasy football? Yes, although normally I like to avoid offensive lines. Do you play fantasy football? I am ready for some football. Do you play fantasy football? I've got you covered zone or virtual assistant to man. Do you play fantasy football? I am ready for some football. Do you play fantasy football? Yep. Ask me about players' teams' scores, schedules, or even the latest odds. I've got you covered zone or virtual assistant to man. Today's show was again brought to you by Eero, which is by far the fastest and best Wi-Fi I've ever tested. Go to Eero.com slash TII and enter promo code TII at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, make it square, and send it in. And, of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. Your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And also, do not forget to check out our moderated MeWe community by going to todayinios.com slash community. When you go there, you should you will need to uh, request to be added. I have two questions there. First one seems <laughs> it really just quickly weeds out the Android fanboys. I ask, which is the better OS, iOS or Android? And idiot Android fanboys all the time are answering um, Android because they just cannot bring themselves to say iOS, or they either say both or something like that. In any way. If they don't say just iOS, I instantly get them rejected. So yeah, it is nice, safe, Android fanboy free zone. You can ask questions or post articles about pretty much anything Apple related. would love to get you there and in that community. Quick reminder, if you are an app developer or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give, uh, to, uh, give away. Uh, simply email me and at gmail.com. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev, the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Libsyn Media Network. If you are looking for podcast hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can be found everywhere 
you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Overcast, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to audio. 